Welcome to First Time Through, New Eyes on Castle Rock. I'm your host, Kim Payne, and we're here today with... My name is Don Payne. I'm a retired food broker. I'm the guy who used to go in and mix up everything in your grocery store so you couldn't find it. But I also, in my past life, thought I'd be an English teacher. So I took everything in college enough to be an English teacher except my final semester. I got married instead. So I've been reading since I was six years old, and I read anything and everything, including cereal boxes and encyclopedias. So I was very tickled to get this chance to talk about Stephen King. Uh, today we're going to read Dolan's Cadillac, which is the first story in Nightmares and Dreamscapes, which is one of the fairly early anthologies, and I, I just love this story, and I thought that this one would be perfect for you because it's kind of a gangster revenge story, and I thought that you might be into that. <laughs> it's exactly that. It is a story of revenge. In fact, the first line in the book says, Revenge is a dish best served cold, and it's a Spanish proverb. I've never heard it called a Spanish proverb. But the thing about this one is Stephen King apparently from what I can read, wrote short stories, he wrote novellas, and he wrote novels. And the only way I can get them straight is short story is short, a novella is a long short story, and a novel is a long novella. I mean, yeah. And if you want to think about it another way, we've lived our lives with half-hour TV shows, which would be short stories, one-hour shows, which I would call a novella, and then movies, which become the novels. And Stephen King apparently was fond of writing a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, he wasn't particular about how long it was. I think that his shortest short story is only four pages long. And I think the longest novel is somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,300 pages. Indiscriminate about how many words he writes. He doesn't care. <laughs> no, and he can take seven years and stretch it into a novella, or he can take a thousand years almost and stretch it into four or five books so yeah. he 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 knows how to use words yes he does yes he does and and that's probably the reason why i have been a lifelong fan is he can suck you into a story whether it's four pages long or 400 pages long and make you want to know what happens next and this one is a first person narrative so it's not somebody from the outside looking down from on high trying to tell a story it's this is what happened to me mm -hmm. this is what I thought this is what I saw this is what I did and uh, the gentleman Mr. Robinson uh, is exactly that yes he is he tries to right a wrong and he does a very good job of it yes he does and and he's just you know an average guy he's a teacher just an average guy trying to avenge his late wife. He's a third grade school teacher whose first grade school teacher's wife was in a place she shouldn't have been, saw something she shouldn't have seen, a mobster by the name of Mr. Dolan. And before she could testify, he put a car bomb in her, bomb in her car and blew it up. Seven years later, her husband gets the revenge that the story talks about. Yeah, and he's patient. He's so patient. He waits and he watches. And, and he's got to be discreet 
and nondescript because he watches this guy for seven years. This guy, this mobster with bodyguards and and people looking for him. And he just watches him from the background for seven years leading up to the perfect storm of opportunity. But if you think about it, he's a third grade school teacher. He's probably looks like everybody else in the world. He, he probably doesn't have bright red hair. He doesn't stand out in a crowd, but he's able to follow this guy. He follows him into restaurants. He knows that he wears a tuxedo. He's seen with dozens of, of different women in all different places. He has two bodyguards with him at all times, but Robinson has never noticed. Never noticed. They never pay attention to him at all. Uh, they, they say uh, this guy, Dolan, has hair that in the seven years went from iron gray to fashionably silver. Uh, he regularly drives from Las Vegas to a house in Los Angeles. So this isn't your run-of-the-mill gangster. This is a bigwig. Yeah. This is a guy that can afford a Cadillac. That every is, two years. Every two years. That is armor-plated with bulletproof glass just like the presidents have used, or every third world dictator in the world uses. Mm -hmm. Yep, and and run flat tires, self-sealing run flat tires, all all of the uh, protections. And Mr. Robinson, or Robinson, they, they, they never say Mr., but it's Robinson, he's bald. He's a third grade school teacher. Drives a Buick Riviera. Yeah. You know, he not anything. I, we had one of those when I was a kid. So it's not like it's a super fancy car and it says an aging Buick and he just he gets a an idea from a movie and it's so far-fetched it's so ridiculous he, he thinks that he's going he sees a movie and they get the target off of the road by having a detour but it's a whole gang of people and and he's like, yes, that's what I could do. That's how I could do it. Because he's convinced himself that he passed in, in his travels, because mm -hmm. he followed Dolan everywhere. One of his trips between Las Vegas and uh, Los Angeles, they had, his Cadillac actually had a flat tire. A blowout. A blowout. And his two bodyguards are outside the car fixing it while Mr. Dolan sits carefully in the back seat, finally gets out and watches as Robinson drives by and he's thinking, if I had a gun, if I had a gun, they'd probably kill me because there's these two bodyguards who are trained, who are trained and I'm not. So he, he just blows past it and goes on about his business, but he's seen this movie. And so he's got this idea. If I can get this Cadillac off of this highway, because he uses the same highway 71 every time he goes to Los Angeles, if I can get this car off by itself, I may have a chance. And that's where the story actually starts. Yes. So he, you know, he's a middle-aged school teacher, you know, not very active, doesn't do anything, widower. So he decides to get in shape. And he joins a gym. Joins a gym, starts running, you know, people are laughing at him. You know, first of all, why are people laughing at him? I mean, the guy's trying to take care of himself. But 
you know, it is. Again, he's out he's of Joe Average. He's, he's Joe, Joe Average. Average. And then he gets a job working on a road crew for the summer for many reasons. One, it puts him in a place where he can see what's going on. Two, he learns how to use the equipment. And third, and probably the definitely the most important, is it gets him on the mailing list for the Department of Transportation. He knows when they're going to be working on places, where the detours are going to be, when they're going to be. And he's made fun of when he first gets to the road crew. He offers his grandfather's watch when the supervisor says, you're not going to make it a day out here, and he does. He learns from the drivers of the heavy equipment how to hotwire them. Mm-hmm. How does a third grade school teacher figure out how to hotwire a Caterpillar tractor? Because he worked on this road crew. Uh, part of his planning for all of this, as well as working on this road crew, is he's got to figure out now that he's figured out how to get the Cadillac off the main highway, now what do I do with it? Right. He decides to dig a hole. He writes General Motors to get exact dimensions on how long, how wide, and how tall this Cadillac is. So he now, now, now knows how big and long this Cadillac is. He talks to his friend, the math- mathematician. Right, probably. who's also got some physics going on, too. Yes. Definitely, definitely and, math and physics. And so they, he decides that he's going to dig a hole for this Cadillac. And he uses a mathematician to figure out, how do I get the Cadillac in the hole? And it all comes down to three words, arc of descent. I love that phrase. It's so ominous. That's the angle it takes for the entry point of this hole, ditch, whatever you want to call it, for the Cadillac to get completely into the hole and stay upright. He's already figured out that this car goes 60 to 65 miles an hour on these trips. Because he's followed him. Because he's followed him for years now. We're talking, this this is the seventh year into this whole plan. He's found this this spot on on the secondary highway that has a little rise to it. So as the Cadillac comes over the rise, it's not gonna see whatever he's done and still be going probably 60, 65 miles an hour. So they, all right. this is figured into this hole. Right, so he's got this plan. He's got, he's got the calendar. He knows when they're gonna be paving it. He knows when it's gonna be blocked. His, his, he's, he's got the math of it. He's got, he's figured out that it takes, and what they figured out is it takes a hole 42 foot long, five feet tall and five feet wide. Why five feet wide? Because once the Cadillac gets in the hole, they can't open the doors to get out. It's wide enough for him to get in, but not wide enough to get out. And the front wall of the hole is flat. Why? When a 60 mile an hour Cadillac hits that wall, it's going to crush the engine. Therefore, disabling it. Disabling the engine, so they can't back out. The battery is smashed. They can't use the automatic windows to lower the windows and climb out. Mm-hmm. He's got him trapped. Yep. So now he's got a plan. He's got the math. He's got the construction calendar. He knows when things are going on. And all of the stars are finally aligned because there's also a repaving project where they're going to have a detour in, a, in the perfect place where it's a blind rise 
on a three-day weekend. So it's going to be unattended for three, you know, three and a half days from Friday evening to, to Tuesday morning. It's going to be unattended. And then he goes to Vegas or goes from Vegas out to LA and he looks at the house the week before all this happens. Because right. the wild card is, is, is Dolan traveling. Is, is he coming? Right. And he has these second thoughts. Is he going to fly? What if he doesn't go that week? What if he changes cat, cars, whatever? But he finally convinces himself, no, this guy is a creature of habit. He's going to be there. But when? But when? Right. So he goes and he watches the house the week before. And the cleaning company shows up. And they're cleaning the house. And they're opening the windows. And they're getting the grass cut. They're getting ready for something. Right. So now he knows for sure he's going. Now he needs to know when. Now he needs to know the specifics of the trip. And I love this part. I love the, the thought process of how he gets this information. He calls a catering company. Well, he's the catering company. Or he's the he catering calls company. The he calls people. the cleaning company and says, I've got this problem. We've got this giant bowl I need to use at Dolan's party. But I've got another one on the 4th of July. Do you have any idea when this guy is going to show up? Mm-hmm. Now he's got him. Three o'clock. Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Fourth of July weekend. Fourth of, Fourth of July is on a Monday. So he's got, now he knows he's got from quitting time on Friday. Till three o'clock. Well, till the approximate drive time. Well, yeah, 11. On, yeah, 11. Yeah, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning for him to get to the spot that he has. And then he's got a day. To clean up after himself, mm-hmm. which is absolutely perfect. So he, he he sets it up. Friday, he gets out to the site. He has bought a van that is nondescript. He steals a license plate to put on this van, so now it's un, totally untraceable. Mm-hmm. He borrows a jackhammer and compressor to run and it. a compressor to run it. From he's Some found he found this rental cr- place, and then he's found the construction site where all the equipment for the road crew is stationed, and it's just a few miles from where, or very like short mile distance, and a half, yeah, uh, from where he's going to dig this hole. So he gets gets started Friday night, cutting the he he lays it out very carefully, five foot by five foot by forty two feet. Then he's then he does the craziest thing. He actually takes the jackhammer and cuts the asphalt into pieces. Small to make enough, it manageable. Small enough he can manage them. Actually carries them down a ravine beside the road and stores them there and then covers them up. With the dirt that he takes out of the hole. Friday night he did 42 pieces. And he's, he's beat. His hands are, are blistered. He's, he's tired. He still have 14 pieces to go Saturday morning. So he, he, he hops in a van... And just passes out, basically. He just sleeps all night. Gets up in the morning, finishes the 14 pieces. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back to the construction site, steals a front loader. With a pincher on it. With a pincher on it. So he can pick up these pieces of, of asphalt and, and carefully stack them up and hide them. Then he goes back and he steals the front end loader so that he can empty the hole. Empty the hole. And he's... He, he's he's starting to starting to take diesel fuel from one piece of equipment to another as one runs out, and this guy is so detail minded. What he's thinking about at that point, 
where he's getting ready to finally have revenge on his wife's murderer. This diesel costs somebody a dollar five a gallon. Dollar five a gallon. I was on the interstate today. Diesel was four twenty four a gallon. Yeah, so this has been a while ago. <laughs> just, just you know, just for perspective here. But he gets it. He gets the hole dug. He returns the equipment. So now what's he do? Well, in his planning, he has cut some wooden slats to span the hole. He has a piece of tan canvas. That, that he's he, painted a road on. That he has painted a road on with a yellow line down the left-hand side to match. He remembers to take an industrial-sized staple gun with him. He's so methodical. He, he lays the, the slats out. He stretches the canvas. He staples it down tight. From a distance, up close, nah, nah. it's a piece of canvas. But from the distance from this little rise in the road... At 60 miles an hour. At 60 miles an hour, it looks like a road. Then the wind blows. And the wind starts blowing dirt. And it starts this real light, misty covering is what I pictured. Yeah, like like the beginnings of a little bit of a windstorm. But he's got this hole. He's got a wide opening at one end. He's got the perfect, quote, arc of descent. So that Cadillac will come off the regular highway and immediately start its downward slant into this hole. But once it gets there, it's got That's no it. place to go. That's it. It's got nowhere to go. So now he waits, and he waits, and he's he's got his binoculars, and he and he's, he's watching the cars. He's on watching the, the cars on the other on on Highway 71 go by. No, that's not it. No, that's not, oh, that's a green Cadillac. That's not the one. Wait a but minute. But second he, guessing. Could could he have possibly changed colors? And I don't know. No. I know he hasn't. It's yes. two old he, people and did, they go by. But did he, yeah, but the whole stopping and thinking is, did he change his habit? Did, did this one thing change? Am I going to miss my opportunity because he decided to buy a green car this time? And, and what we haven't really discussed yet is during this period of time, all of a sudden, in a very Stephen King way, I guess, he starts hearing the voice. Mm -hmm. And the voice is his wife. And first of all, she's saying, you can do it. You can do it. Stay with it. You got this. She's his voice of almost reason from mm. the beyond, which for me, not being a Stephen King aficionado particularly, that's a Stephen King idea. Mm -hmm. Now he's now he's hearing voices. Yeah, he's, yeah. But that's as close to that's his, eerie, his cheerleader. Eerie. Yeah, cheerleader is a wonderful word. Wonderful. So now he sees the Cadillac. From a distance. He changes quickly the detour signs so that now Highway 71 is closed and you're de he's detoured Dolan's Cadillac onto the side road and here it comes. The, the trap is in 71. He has removed the detour signs so he doesn't take the detour. Okay, I had it, I had it back Yeah, backwards. no. So they're repaving 71. So it nothing is, by taking away the detour signs, literally nothing is out of line. Okay. It is exactly the route he's supposed to be taking. And because that's, he's terrified that Dolan is going to know. He's going to sense that something is weird because that's how people like that stay alive. Yeah. Is by always knowing that they're, where the trap is. Cadillac comes over the rise, 60 miles an hour, hits the slant. 
The slats break. The canvas rips. Cadillac slams into the front wall, driving the engine back into the driver's compartment, killing the driver instantly, mm -hmm. and breaking both legs of the other bodyguard in the front seat. Mm -hmm. Mr. Dolan, however, because he's a creature of habit, is safely seat belted in the back seat of the Cadillac and is alive and well. Mm -hmm. Just exactly how it was supposed to go. So he yells at him. He's like, ha ha, I've got you now. And Dolan, who he had assumed had forgotten him entirely because he didn't recognize him when he drove past him with the plaid, knew exactly who it was. Well, he, Dolan keeps telling, who are you, who are you? And Robinson makes this statement. Nobody, just a nobody with a good reason to put you where you are. Dolan's comment is, is your name Robinson? Boom. The hook is in. Robinson knows who it is who stuck him in this hole. At one point, he manages to open the door just enough to get his hand out to where Robinson can see this signet ring and, and this ruby thing, but not enough to get any more than just his hand out. Mm -hmm. uh, so he throws dirt on him. So he, so he just drops dirt on the hand to bring him back in. Then he starts screaming. He's screaming and screaming. His other bodyguard is yelling, I can see the bones in my legs. So Dolan does the Dolan does the only thing a good gangster will do. He shoots him. Right. Absolutely. Just cold-blooded, shut up, you're dead. And then he decides, Robinson's on the on the on the roof. Well I'll shoot. Inside so he, his bulletproof car. Inside his bulletproof car. And so he shoots four times. And Robinson, who is now close enough he can yell and the guy can hear him, says, that's all your bullets. Yeah, because he shot the guy. You shot him. Now you shot me. And then he then he takes his shovel. I, w I bet you wish you'd have saved one for yourself. So, yeah. But then he takes his shovel and he starts sprinkling gravel across the top of the car as Dolan is literally slowly losing in his mind because he goes from screaming and yelling but he knows he knows who it is and what's been done to him and, and now why. and why and now he's hysterical he starts laughing and laughing and laughing as the dirt pours in he finally screams I'll make you a deal five million dollars I'll give you five million dollars no. He said, but Robinson this says something I thought was interesting. I'll make you a deal. If you can scream as loud as the explosion was that killed my wife, I'll dig you out. And at that point, he just starts screaming hysterically. He gets the front loader and starts filling the hole. Yeah, yeah Robinson just <laughs> fills him in. He, he, he just covers him up, gets him all padded down. Now he starts moving the asphalt. Yeah, puts the road back in place. Puts the road back in place. And I'm thinking a gigantic puzzle. Yeah. But now you've got these pieces of asphalt that have been cut with a jackhammer. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got this grid pattern. Well, that's when Stephen King shows up again. Yes. The dust storm of the century hits this little desert area where they are. And the sand blows and blows, and blows, and covers the road. Mm 
So there is no pattern to that because it's now buried. It's now buried. It's all brown across the whole road for, I don't know, miles. That doesn't really say why. And Dolan's there. And he's, he, he, and, and so now he starts thinking, how much air is in a Cadillac? Well, that mm -hmm. was one thing he didn't figure. Right. But you figure after a while, he's going to be it's, out of It's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. So it covers all the evidence. And then he goes home. He's, he's sunburnt. His hands are a mess. Trashed. His, his back, back is... is is blown, is, is blown up. He's got three cracked vertebrae when he finally goes to the doctor and finds out. But when he gets home, he sees that Highway 71 is going to be repaved. It's completely buried, going to be repaved. They don't even dig it out. So they don't, they, they, there's, they don't even find the evidence of it happening because no. it got completely buried in the, in, in the dust, in the dust. So they're not, and so he starts thinking, now Now his mind is going crazy. Mm -hmm. How long would it take before a Cadillac will collapse in on itself after being covered? A bulletproof Cadillac. A bulletproof Cadillac, yeah. An armor-plated Cadillac. And he finally decides, I'll never know. And if, if it does happen to sink, they'll just think it's, what do you call it, a marsh a, a marsh spot or something, right? Yeah, something just a nor just, just a just, no just something normal in highway construction where it's just a low place and and will what will they do? Will they dig it up? No, they'll bring in concrete, they'll fill it up, make it level, and repave and it, it and, anyway. and go on about it. But yep. he got away with it. He got away with it. And the last time his wife talks to him, the last voice he hears is, "You'll be all right." You'll be all, all right. right. And he never hears the voice again. He gets and his back repaired. The voices have stopped. We assume then he goes back to teaching third graders. Yeah, he says he's got a good bunch of third graders this year and all the help he could want. I've driven back and forth over that stretch of road several times in my new Acura. Once even stopped and got out, took a piss on the spot, or what I was pretty sure was the spot. But it's been so long with so much, mm -hmm. it's been repaved, It's it dust is blown over. He's not even exactly sure at that moment where it's at. Yep. He's, he's pretty sure. But he could have been off a few yards. Yep. But he does it anyway. Yep. He said, that was the last time I was on 71. Now I take the interstate when I need to head west. And one of his last comments is, and it's one that, that I looked back in the book again trying to find the exact or where exact quote was, but his comment after all this is over was, isn't it funny how fast time, how fast time goes when you're having a good time? Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny how fast, how time goes by when you're having a good time? Yeah. But it's over. This is, this has That's been it. seven years of this man's life. He had one goal, revenge his wife's murder. Yep. We don't know anything else about this man's life. Did he have a girlfriend? Did he date? Did he go out with friends? No. No. He was 100% committed to revenge. Yeah. Kind of like um, the Princess Bride. Been so long in the revenge business, now what do I do with my life? Yeah. And we assume he continues teaching. Right. Just, you know, goes on and lives his everyday life and I just and Stephen King leaves us hanging yeah but 
but it's, it's that it's, it's that it's, thing. It's, it's that over. You want, but you want to know what's next. Yeah. You know, did he live happily ever after? Or did it drive him insane? Or did it drive him insane? Was it? Is this Poe? Could be. It's very much uh, the cask of Amontillado. Yes. Very much that buried alive in the wall sort of story. And, you know, in that case, it drove him insane, but we don't know. He never... Well, that's, that's one we thing. We just don't get that closure. That's, that's one thing about Stephen King. You don't always get the no. rest of the picture. No. And a lot of the times... the rest of the story. That, and that's why people hate his endings. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't wrap things up always in a nice, neat little package for you and, and give you the ending. And the nice thing about novellas are there nothing more than the old magazine articles that our parents grew up with before we had mass communication. There were these magazines about science fiction, or about the Old West, about this and that, and they were literally short stories or novellas. Mm -hmm. they, weren't, they weren't novels, they were magazines, and they, 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 the stories changed every week. So you go to the store and buy your mystery magazine this week. Right. And that's what this story would have fit into perfectly. Exactly. And so many of his, especially his early short stories, that's where they landed. So many of his early publications were exactly that. They were for science fiction or horror Yeah, but a, a genre which doesn't exist anymore. Right. Well, thank you for asking me. This has been fun. Yeah, it's a fun story. It, I, it, I enjoy this one. There's a movie. Of course, like in all cases, the movie isn't nearly as good as the book. But in this case, it's because they just didn't have enough material to work with. They had to add so much to the story to make it a full-length movie because this is only, what, 30 pages? 30-some-odd pages, yeah. So they had to add so much to the story to make the movie that it doesn't, and it just doesn't quite convey the the internal angst, the internal yeah. monologue. But it's we, still a good movie. Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen a lot of movies and read a lot of books about somebody who has a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember one where somebody was so driven toward one particular act for seven years. Right. That was a normal it. person, not not a maniac, you know, not not some crazed ogre, a normal third grade school teacher that looks like everybody else in the world. And for seven years, all I could think of was and, and goes Dolan's about Cadillac. His, and goes about his normal life. Yes. You know, he teaches all, every still day. Teaches every day. Goes home. Does the just yeah, the a two. normal, average guy, but is so focused and driven on this one act. And again, you know, what does he do with the rest of his life now? We we don't we don't we'll never know. Right. But except we can decide in our minds where he goes from there. Right. The yeah. Dolan's Cadillac sequel is that, you know, he meets somebody else and gets married and lives happily ever happily after. Ever, ever. <laughs> well, that's what we want to happen. Or not. But that's, that is Dolan's Cadillac. And I, I love this story. It's a good read. It is a good read. It really is. If, if you want to get involved in Stephen King, his short stories and novellas are a good place to start. Yeah, they really are. There, there are so many of them. There, there is something for everybody. There's something that's not scary. There's a revenge. There's a... There's fantasy, there's science fiction. There, He literally, and this is my, I will stand on this soapbox forever, Stephen King is not just a horror writer. Yes, that's where he got started. Yes, that's where he started making his money, but that is not 
what he does. And as I was reading this for the first time, that was in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. What horror comes? Right. What, I'm, I'm waiting and, for that. And the only, the closest to that was the voice of his wife. Well, and... and I have a wife, and I get a voice of reason back in my head, and I can hear my wife saying it. So that's not even a horror story. That's normal. And it's also the the thing that makes so many of his non-horror stories really scary is because these are just people. Yeah. These are just people. And, and in so many of his stories, the humans are the monsters. Exactly. You know, so the, the scary part of this is, is it's plausible. I mean, do I really think that this could happen? Eh, it's a stretch, but it's plausible. And the thought of either being buried alive or burying somebody alive, both of those things are really scary thoughts. But don't you think deep down inside of every good person is a place that could be found even in a third grade school teacher, about revenge. Given if, all the right circumstances, if the absolutely. Right, if the right switches are thrown at the right point in time, this could happen to anybody. Yes. Not that it will or should, but it could. But it could, and that's, and that's what makes it scary. Yeah. Not because it's supernatural or... You know the the monster under the bed, or you're the boogeyman hiding in the closet. But because it's just the guy next door. Yeah, it's a it's a good guy with a with a goal. Yeah, takes him seven years. Well, thanks again. I appreciate Thank you. this. It was fun. So I'm Kim. And I'm Don Payne. And this was Dolan's catalog. <laughs>